Uh, pray with me, please. In the quietness of your heart, just ask God to, to open up your eyes and your ears to see and hear what he has for us today. Feel free to confess any sin that needs to be repented of at this time. And lastly, if you would, um, pray for me. Pray that I would be faithful to what God wants me to say today. Father, we uh, give you our entire lives, um, but specifically we give you this next 30-ish minutes. We pray that your will would be done um, and that your kingdom would come um, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Uh, well, we are going to uh, talk about love on this February 14th. Um, I'm not sure if this was planned by the ministers or if this is just how the calendar fell. Uh, regardless, we will be in 1 John chapter 4. This morning, it's page 1023 in your pew Bible, if you want to turn there. And this morning, I have, I have one goal, and that is to answer the question, what is love? What is love? Uh, if the next words that pop into your mind are, baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more, uh, you're not alone. Uh, th this week, I actually asked this question, what is love, to many people um, through texts and through conversations, and I got a lot of answers, many of whom are in the room right now, and I want to read some of those answers to you, okay? So what is love? This is what I received. Uh, Jesus washing people's feet. Love is sacrificial. You're going to hear that word quite a bit. Love is honest, even when it's difficult. Love is sacrificing my own best interests for the best interests of another. Love is death to self and selfish desires. Love is messy. Doug said two weeks ago, love is a sacrificial action springing from personal choice, fueled by joy. Love is difficult when we are called to love people who are Difficult to love. Think about the cross. And lastly, love is a choice. So what is love? Um, how would you guys answer that question? Take a few seconds, uh, just in, in the quietness of your mind, how would you answer the question, what is love? By either a definition, by an example, um, maybe someone else has portrayed that really well in your life. What is love? Uh, let's see what, what John has to say about it, okay? So 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start in, in verse 7, and we're going to read till the end of the chapter, verse 21, and the verses are actually also screen. 
Um, and I have added some notes in parentheses after a few verses and a few phrases. Um, these notes are from commentaries that I've read this week or just some of my own personal thoughts. Uh, no, I am not adding to scripture, okay? Uh, I am just hoping that uh, it explains these ideas or phrases a little bit better and it brings to, it to life in, in a, uh, hopefully a helpful way. So, 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved. Okay, literally meaning those who are loved. Those who are loved, let us love one another. For love, Greek word agape, uh, which means a self-giving love that gives without a payment. For this love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Okay, that Greek word knows means knowledge through intimate experience. It, be, it goes beyond just the head. Okay, it's about experience. Verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only, okay, his one and only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the for our sins, Big word meaning turning away God's judgment from us and placing it on the Son. Verse 11, 11. Beloved, okay, those who are loved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected, okay, meaning complete. His love is complete in us. By this we know, okay, remember, not just intellect, but also by experience. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit, meaning his abiding presence. And we, meaning the eyewitnesses of Jesus, have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses, whoever pledges their allegiance, not to a flag, but to a Son, that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected. By this is love completely complete with us. So that we confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, meaning there is no torment in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love, meaning they have not experienced the abiding love of God. Possibly my favorite verse, 19. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Um, there are three things that I want to point out from this text 
um, from what I like to call a, a beautiful poetic sermon, okay, rather than just a letter. Um, and the first one has a subpoint, so it's like three and a half things, and all of this is in your bulletin if you want to follow along. Okay, the first one is this. God is love, and to love God, we also must love one another. We see this thought um, in verse 8, 11, 12, 20, 21. Verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 21 says, Whoever loves God must also love his brother. God is love, and to love God we also must love one another. Um, to explain this point, I want to I share a story. Um, I love to learn, pun intended. Um, this means that I love to uh, listen to sermons, to listen to podcasts, to read articles, to read books. Um, I do this under the banner of becoming a better Christian. Okay, that's at least what I, what I tell myself. To, uh, to learn how to follow Jesus more faithfully. To be conformed to the image of his son. To learn how to love God and to love others better. However, keyword, in this pursuit, sometimes it actually hinders the very thing that I'm wanting. A couple weeks ago, I was talking um, to my best friend, and we were talking about how we spend our time. And she graciously and gently pointed out my obsession with learning. In summary, she said something like this, that the very thing that you're wanting to do out of all this learning is keeping you from living it out. You see, I'm, I'm in the house, um, but I just have to finish the last few minutes of that podcast. Or I just have to read the last couple chapters of that book. And this happens often. All the while, I am not loving God or my family because I'm neglecting spending time with my son. I'm neglecting spending time with my wife, helping out around the house. I'm being selfish because I think what I am doing is actually more important than being present. The point I'm trying to make is this. You can't just run after loving God without loving the people that are right around you. We show love for God by loving our neighbor. They, they work together. They can't be separated. Okay, this is what Jesus says. Jesus has asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And he answers with two of them. He says, love God and love others. I think he sees them as one and the same. God is love. And to love God, we also must love one another. All right, subpoints. This is like 1A, okay? Um, first, we must realize God's love for us in order to then go and love one another. This idea comes verses 10, 16, 19. 19 says, We love because he first loved us. Uh, simply put, and you can write this down if you're, if you're taking notes, you can't give away what you don't have. All right, we can't give away what we haven't first received. If we have not received and realized the love that God has for us, it becomes incredibly difficult then to go and actually love our neighbor. Um, a lot of teenagers know uh, where I'm going next, but imagine your life uh, as, as a cup. 
okay? And, and the water that is not in this cup right now, but uh, hypothetically could be in this cup, is the, the fuel received from God in order to then go and, and love your neighbor. Your, your cup is filled with water through spiritual disciplines, life and community, um, Sunday mornings, what we do here, and, or so on, whatever works for you. And these are times of, of inflow, and as Christians, we are then called to, to pour out and to give those love, this love to others. And so what we do is uh, we pour out some of our water in service, um, but what eventually happens? It goes dry, right? The water runs out. And so we, we go back to the spiritual discipline, scripture, prayer, life groups, Sunday works, etc., um, to be filled up once again. And then we go out throughout the week, and we pour ourselves out, and we do this dance over and over again. And what this does is it exposes itself to fatigue, to burnout, exhaustion, and bitterness. Instead, what I think God wants for us is to have a cup, one that is full and is being filled constantly by a constant awareness of God's presence in your life. And as it's full, it's being filled, what's happened? It overflows. That you realize God's love for you day by day, and your cup is full and being filled, and there is nowhere else for the water to go. That the love of God overflows into your neighbor's life. It overflows naturally into your neighbor's cup. God is love, and in order to love God, we must love one another. And we do this primarily when we realize God's love for us, and we extend that to other people. Secondly, uh, Jesus is the manifestation of the love of God. Jesus is the manifestation of the love of God. Verses 9, 10, and 14 talk about uh, this if you want to circle those. Verse 9 says, The love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son so that we might live through him. I'm actually going to close expanding on this point further, uh, but for now I just want to say this. Um, that as a father now, I can't even begin to imagine these verses being said about me and my son. This is a sacrificial love. That God the Father would, would give his one and only son to deal with sin, pain, suffering, and death once and for all. This is a sacrificial love. One of uh, my friends shared um, this with me this week in regard to this, these verses. He texted me and said, I think it's important to note that these verses are saying God, meaning the is love and not just Jesus, meaning the Son. I know many think that God is wrathful and vindictive, but this reminds us that it is only a small part 
of his character. The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament, amen? And his character, his love is shown to us in one person and his name is our Messiah, Jesus. Jesus is the manifestation, the perfect, the complete manifestation of the love of God. And more on that in just one moment. But lastly, my last point, this. Uh, there is no fear in love because perfect love tells fear to leave. Verses 17 and 18 talk about this. Specifically, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love um, because perfect love casts out fear. Uh, story time again. There, uh, there was a, a young pastor who struggled with the fear of man deeply. And this led him to be the best that he could possibly be in anything that he attempted, anything that he did, because he believed that by doing this, people would be impressed by him, or for some reason like him more because of his accomplishments, because of what he could do. And this crept into his preparation for teaching and preaching. Days leading up to Sunday morning uh, were filled with fear. Fear of teaching correctly, of what the congregation would think, how they would respond, and this led him to obsess in a very unhealthy way. And then one day, as one American pastor would describe, he had such an encounter with God that the fear of man all of a sudden became laughable. He experienced in a moment what it meant to have the love of God be complete inside of him. Not having arrived, but being made new day by day. He was able to say confidently, fear, get on out of here. You have no place in this house. You have no place in my life. And this is my prayer for us as a people that coming in this morning, whatever you are afraid of, that you would either have this life-altering experience with God, or maybe more realistically, that day by day you would let God show you the love that he has for you. Days, months, and years of God showing you his love, you would be able to look at the fears that once held you captive and laugh right in their face and say, fear, leave. There is no fear in love because perfect love tells fear to leave. So, what is love? What is love? Love is the husband who 40 plus years ago made a covenantal vow to his wife to love her in sickness and in health. And then found himself as a primary caretaker of his wife who couldn't even feed herself. Love is a single guy who moved out to the middle of nowhere to live in a community with the primary goal of telling people in that community about the love that Jesus has to offer. Love is the relationship between two people, one who voted red and one who voted blue. 
who have very different views on politics, but are united and love one another deeply under the Jesus Christ. Love is the parent of a wayward child who wants nothing to do with Jesus, yet they don't give up. They pray for, they sacrificially serve, and they correct behavior when necessary. Love is the two high school boys going out of their way to befriend a student who would label himself as an outsider. The student lost his father and started to use drugs and alcohol to cope with the loss of his dad. He would get drunk or high for almost four years straight until one day. The love that these two high school boys had been talking about and showing him for years finally was experienced by this student who is now following Jesus and who has been sober for over a year. Amen. And lastly, you know what love is? Love is the being who created everything that we know and see, who we call God, stepping down off of his throne in the heavens and becoming like one of us, a human being, entering into this broken world, living a life worth following, finding himself in a garden with a strong desire to not go through with the next 24 hours of his life. Yet praying, not my will be done, but yours. Then, willingly going through an unfair trial, an undeserved beating, and finally an unimaginable death. This man, this very man, stepped off his throne in the heavens and found own on a tree. Raised up and elevated to a position of complete humiliation, yet complete authority. And then he died. He was placed in a tomb. And the love of God that this man had been talking about all of a sudden seemed to be misunderstood. But then three days later, Jesus rose in victory to be both the propitiation of our sins and to free us from our sins right now. In summary, what's my answer to the question, what is love? You can write this down in your bulletin. Love is the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Love is the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. If this isn't love, then tell me what it is. Church, we are dearly loved by God, and from that love, we should be compelled to go and love one another. So, to close... Um, there are at least two responses this morning, probably many more, but two that I want to make mention of, and they're both of a question. The first is this, do you need to realize God's love for you? Are you here this morning? Are you in a place where you just need to realize and experience God's love for you?
Did you walk in those doors this morning in a place of darkness, of, of depression, of anxiety, of confusion, of doubt, of suffering? There is absolutely no shame in answering yes to that question. But God wants you. God wants all of you. And he wants to speak to you. God wants to show you that he loves you, he is with you, and that he sees you. And what are some practical ways to realize these truths? Um, Just a few, and they're all Sunday school answers. The first one is read scripture. Okay, go home and read these verses again. Go home and read Ephesians 1 and 2 if you're in a place of darkness, depression. Number two, practice a listening prayer. Okay, not a prayer where you do all the talking, but a prayer where you just sit and listen and think about the the truth that we see in this text. Think about the truth that we read in Ephesians 1 and 2. Number three, uh, soak yourself in worship music. Soak yourself in music and builds you up and doesn't tear you down. It influences that compel you to go love one another instead of hate your enemy. And lastly, possibly the most important, don't isolate yourself. Find yourself in community. Find yourself in a group of people who you know, love, and trust. A group of people uh, who can build you up. And you can, you can read this scripture together. You can pray. You can worship through song together. I want to say this gently. Introvert or extrovert? It doesn't matter. You will begin to realize God's love for you in community. I promise. Secondly, do you need to practice extending the love of God to others? Um, I'm not as old as many of you or experienced or as wise, but at least in my lifetime, I cannot remember a better time for the church to be the church. For us to be who we were called to be, a group of people not giving in to fear because love has kicked fear out of the house. A group of people who don't have to give into the outrage culture of politics. Let me say that again. A group of people who don't have to give into the outrage culture of politics. And instead, be peacemakers. People who are blessed by God and who Jesus calls sons of God in Matthew 5. A group of people who have a watching world all around us and live so differently that this watching world isn't necessarily on board with everything that we believe, but our lives are so enticing and different, they begin to wonder about who Jesus actually is. Church, let's be the church by receiving God's love loving him with our entire heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then going out and loving our neighbor as ourself. What is love? Love is the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Let's pray.
God, you are good and you love us. While we were still sinners, Lord, you uh, and your, your son died for us. And because of that, Lord, we, um, we want to want to love you. We want to love you. Lord, uh, allow us to see who you really are. And I pray that this love would just be experienced by all of us in here. That wherever we're at this morning, that we would be able to see you on the cross, see the finished work of the empty grave, that we would be able to see the perfection and the completion of your life, death, and resurrection, and we would be from the fear that once held us captive. God, get your way. You paid for it, and you deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you guys a few moments here as we close um, to think about those two questions. Uh, reflect and ponder um, how do you need to apply uh, the answers to those questions. Um, to reflect on the words of this last song. Um, or simply just uh, go into what one of my friends calls uh, a glory spell. And just let it all out and worship um, the God who saved us.